0: It's always a good time to worship our King, our Savior, but right now is the season, is the time where people all over the world are giving our King praise. So I'm going to give you permission to come on, stand up, and give Him the glory He deserves. Jesus is the King. And He's so worth it. Hallelujah Hallelujah It's the season to worship you Hallelujah Hallelujah It's the season to worship you Say Hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: Cathedral family, it is Christmas time at the Cathedral. Thank you so much for being here. You know, all those on campus, those watching online, campuses around the Bay Area, we are so glad that you joined with us. And how about giving it up one more time for Tehran and our worship arts team? They do a great job helping us to celebrate. In just a few moments, Tehran is going to be back and, and do another amazing song that is gonna be such a blessing to you. But for the next few moments, I wanna to talk to you about the Christmas playlist. I brought a, a calendar, it's an advent calendar that I gave to my grandkids. And, It's an advent calendar is kind of like a Christmas countdown There's a day that you open and all the days leading up to Christmas And if you've never done this with your kids or your grandkids It's a lot of fun as you build up that sense of anticipation And they have advent calendars now that have all kinds of things inside of them There's one that every day you open it up There's a new piece of chocolate Can somebody say amen to that? Wow, there's another one that you open up, and it has a different kind of tea. There's another one that you open up, and it has a different beauty product for every day. Well, I could use that one. I need all the help I can get. Amen. And then this one right here that I got for my grandkids, every day you open up, today's December 2nd, you open it up, and you press the button, and there's a Christmas carol that plays. Today is the day it plays Go Tell It on the Mountain, one of my favorite Christmas songs. And there's something about opening up the days and hearing the music of Christmas. And for the next few weeks, this is what we're going to do. We're going to use the Bible as our Advent calendar. And we're going to open up, well, each weekend with a song that we find. In the Bible, there are four songs in the story of the Nativity in the book of Luke. And we're going to open up each weekend and listen to one of those songs. You could say that they're the very first Christmas carols. It's the very first Christmas playlist. And sometimes there's such joy in your heart that the best way to express it is in a song. And if you want to find out the heart of Christmas, well, we find some clues by digging deep into the songs of Christmas. So let's go on the journey together. The first day that we open up, the first song that we look at, is a song that in church history, it's been called the Benedictus. It's Zachariah's song. This song was written by a man And sung by a man who had not been able to speak for nine months. Can you imagine? Not talking for nine months? Are you kidding me? I heard about a monastery. And in this monastery, they took a vow of silence. That you could only speak two words each year. And you could only speak those two words at Christmas time. And so... One of the new recruits, he had just joined the monastery, first year rolls around, and at Christmas, he looked at the other monks, and these are the two words that he says: "Food stinks." <laughs> well, another year rolls around, it's Christmas, it's his turn to speak, And once more he says, "Bed, uncomfortable." Well, Christmas rolls around again, and it's his turn to speak, and he looks at the other monks and he says, I quit. (laughs) The head monk looks at him and says, it doesn't surprise me. All you've done is complain since you got here. (laughs) Every year. Can you imagine not being able to speak for nine months? Nine months. I'm a pastor. It's hard for me to imagine not speaking for nine minutes. Nine months. And then the first thing you do is you sing a song. Why was this man silent for nine months? Why did he sing a song after all of this silence? And what does this song have to say to us? Join me on a journey in the life of a man by the name of Zechariah, a priest. The story of the nativity, it starts out with silence and it ends up with a song. Are you ready to track with me through his story? You can find it on your outline, or you can see it on your Bible in Luke chapter 1. And the first thing we encounter in the story of the nativity is we encounter the silence of God. Zechariah and Elizabeth, his wife, the Bible says this about them. It says, Zachariah and Elizabeth were both good people, say that with me, good people, say it again, good people who pleased God. They did everything the Lord commanded, always following his instructions completely, but they had no children, no children, say that with me, no children. Elizabeth could not have a baby, and both of them were very old. Good people, no children. Here was a couple who wanted the sound of children in their home. And yet there was silence. There was not the sound of you know, the pitter-patter of little feet down the hall. And when she got on Facebook and other friends were posting pictures of their kids, her page was quiet. And it was painful. I read one study that was done with women who had, had battled infertility and had also gone through a divorce. And 64% of those women said that the pain of infertility was even more than the pain that they experienced in divorce. So here is a couple in this painful season... They're disappointed. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever been disappointed with life? Have you ever been disappointed with God? The story of the nativity, it doesn't start out with the silence of man. In a sense, it starts out with the silence of God. In fact, if you take a a 30,000-foot view of the situation, you could say that God had been silent for 400 years. It had been 400 years since the last book of the Old Testament had been written. 400 years since the prophets had spoken. 400 years people had listened for the sound of a Savior that would come into the world. And yet all there was was silence. Silence. How should we understand those moments and seasons in life when God seems to be silent? Silence can mean different things. For example, I found this one T-shirt that reads this way. It says, my brain is giving me the silent treatment today. Don't you hate when that happens? And husbands, you can recognize those moments when the Well, the wives, they give you that silent treatment like this right up here. And when they're mad at you and they give you the silent treatment, and of course, it's your fault because it's always the husband's fault. And all the wives said amen to that. And then you may recognize what I call digital silence. And digital silence is when you text somebody and you ask them out for a date because this is the Silicon Valley and this is how we roll. So you ask them out for a date, but you don't hear anything. For five minutes, you don't hear anything. Digital silence, and now you're starting to sweat. Or there's another kind of silence. It's the silence of an older couple that's sitting on a bench, just quietly enjoying each other's company. And then there is this kind of silence. Are you ready for this? There's the silence... Of the person in the orchestra that is waiting for just the right moment to play that sound and maybe that's how we should understand the silence of God that God is waiting for just the right moment to play just the right sound In history, in your history, can we give God praise? Amen. That is how we can understand the silence of God. The Bible says when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. That God waits for just the right moment to play just the right sound. And someone needs to hear that this weekend. Because you're in that kind of season in your life. You've been praying for a situation to turn around, waiting for a situation to turn around, but it seems like the heavens have turned to brass and all you have is silence. And you wonder Has God forgotten you? There's a clue in the name Zechariah. Zechariah means God remembers. God remembers. Say that with me God remembers. Friend, God remembers. Every time Zechariah would write his name, he would be reminded that God remembers. Every time someone would say Zechariah's name, he would remember that he would be reminded that God remembers. God remembers Zechariah. God remembers His people, and God remembers you. And friend, if there's silence this weekend, just know God has not forgotten you, that God is waiting for just the right moment to play just the right sound in your history. Can we give God praise? Amen. God has not forgotten us. Hallelujah. It feels good to know that God has not forgotten I am not forgotten. Say that with me. I am not forgotten. God remembers. God remembers. So first we see the silence of God. But then we see in the story that God breaks his silence. God breaks his silence. That Zechariah is in the temple, in the holy place. And he's performing his duties as a priest. He's burning the incense and saying prayers. And an angel shows up. You never know what's going to happen when you come to church. An angel shows up and says to Zachariah, Your prayer has been heard. Can somebody say amen to that? He thought his prayers were bouncing off the ceiling, but his prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you were to call him John. We know him as John the Baptist. Not only has Zechariah's prayer been heard, but the prayers of the people for 400 years have been heard. And the angel goes on to say, John will be a great man for the Lord. He will help many people of Israel return to the Lord their God. John himself will go ahead of the Lord, speaking of Jesus, and make people ready for his coming. Zechariah, are you ready for this? You're going to have a son. His name is going to be John. And he is going to prepare the way for the Savior that the world had been waiting for. Talk about God breaking his silence. Can we give God praise? Amen. Hallelujah. And here's the word today. When God breaks his silence, hope begins to ride in. To your heart when God breaks his silence the ultimate word from God is Jesus can somebody say amen? amen? and when Jesus speaks to us and we think to ourselves boy I'd like to live a life that has an impact and Jesus says I am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and I remain in you You will bear much fruit. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And then we think to ourselves, boy, I'd love to have joy. I mean, real joy, lasting joy. And then Jesus says to us, I want you to have the joy that I have. And I want your joy to be full. I want it to be complete. Wow, when hope begins to rise in our hearts, can somebody say amen to joy? And then we think to ourselves, I'd love to have peace. A peace which is so deep and enduring. And Jesus says to us, I give you my peace. I don't give peace as the world gives. I give a peace that passes all understanding. And can somebody say amen to that? And then we think, boy, I'd love to have a life. A life that continues on forever. And the word of Jesus comes to us I have come that you might have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. When God breaks his silence with the word of Jesus, hope begins to surge in our hearts. Can we give God praise for the hope that we find in the words of Jesus? Hallelujah. So here's a question. Where do you need hope in your heart this weekend? God wants to break the silence. May it be its hope for the housing market. Hello. I mean, if you live in the Bay Area, the housing market, well, it can just look impossible. You put an offer in, 10 other offers come in, and it can just look impossible. And that's how it looked for one young couple. I mean, it just looked impossible to them, and yet they believed that God had called them to the Bay Area, that geography matters to God, and this is where they were to invest their lives. And so they continued to pray to God and keep their eyes on the market, persevering, tenacious. And one day, a home opened up. They put an offer on the home, and sure enough, other offers came in. Those offers were for more money than they had to offer. But thanks be to God God worked in the seller's heart where they turned down, the seller turned down more money and accepted this young couple's offer. Friend, when God has a plan for your life, never underestimate what God can do. Even in the housing market, God can break through. Amen? Hallelujah! Amen. Hope. Say that with me. Hope. Can you feel hope rising in your heart? You know, first we see the silence of God. Then God breaks the silence. And then we have the silence of Zechariah. The silence of Zechariah. In fact, how about if we get interactive for just a moment? Can everybody do this with me? Everybody lock in with me and just do this. Shh. Let's try it again. Everybody a little louder. Shh. Have you ever been shushed? (laughs) Boy, I was at the movie theaters a while back, and we were with some friends, and it was during the previews, during the previews! (laughs) The movie hadn't started, and we're laughing and catching up, and all of a sudden, the people behind us, they gave me the shush. (laughs) Pastor Ken got shushed at the movie theaters. I heard about one little boy in church, and... He got shushed by his mom in church, and when they were riding home, she said to the little boy, "You know why we have to be, you know, be quiet in church?" And he said, "Because people are sleeping. That's why." Shh. Zechariah is about to be shushed. He's in the temple. And he hears the word from the angel. And then he says to the angel, how can I know what you say is true? I am an old man and my wife is old too. Did he just say that his wife was old? That guy's in trouble when he gets home. I can tell you that right now. He doesn't believe. He doesn't believe. He is a priest. In the holy place, an angel shows up. There's no mistaking it's an angel. He hears a word from God about his future, and he simply doesn't believe it. He wants a sign. And the angel says, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. The angel says to him, now listen, you will not be able to talk until the day when these things happen. You will lose your speech because you did not believe what I told you. But everything I said will really happen. You've heard of the TV show Touched by an Angel. Zechariah gets shushed by an angel. And this is his sign. God closes his mouth as a sign that God is going to open up his wife's womb. Hmm. When Zechariah walks out of the temple, he can't talk. People know something's happened to him, but they're not sure what's happened to him, and he's trying to act it out. It's like a game of charades. They're still not sure what's happened to him, but when he goes home, somehow he figures out a way to explain it to his wife, Because one night he comes home and the old man's got that look in his eye. Hello. And the wife says, you got to be kidding me. And they do what married couples do. And a few weeks later, would you look at Elizabeth? Look at her. There she is at the pharmacy. She's buying denture cream and diapers. Amen. (laughs) There she is on her way to the doctor. She's going to see the geriatrics doctor in the morning and the obstetrician in the afternoon. There she is online posting, well, posting images of her ultrasound, and it's going viral. And here she comes at church. Would you look at her? Here she comes at church with every gray hair in place and a maternity dress on. In fact, here she is right now. Oh, how about a big hand for Elizabeth? Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth it may seem like you're too old but if God says you're gonna have a baby you better buy a stroller <laughs> because you're gonna have a baby but Zachariah didn't believe so here's the question I want to ask you today what's keeping you from believing for your future Zechariah didn't believe because of his age He believed that his best days were behind him, but God believed his best days were ahead of him. Can I get kind of personal for a moment? How many are over 40 and you don't mind admitting it? Let me see your hands. Yeah. Did you know this? There's life after 40. There is. There really is life after 40. I had a hard time believing it. I mean, when you look at this board back here, you know, this lady, Vera, she didn't get into fashion until she was in her 40s, and now she's become a fashion icon. And then, of course, there's this man in the middle. The Colonel didn't start cooking chicken until he was in his 60s, and he decided to open up a restaurant. And then there's this lady right over here. She couldn't embroider anymore because of her hands, so she took up painting in her 70s. And now Grandma Moses, you can find her paintings in all kinds of museums. And of course, President Bush over here, he went skydiving when he was 90. And I thought it was a big deal when I did it and I was 50. And there's a man who was in his 80s. He was 81 years old, and he found love at the Cathedral of Faith. Can somebody say amen to that? Wow. He came into a service like you're in this weekend. And he's sitting in the service, and he spots this 75-year-old babe that's sitting right over here, right? Right? <laughs> And so before service is over, he makes his way toward her, and he, he asked her out on a date right here in church. And she says no. <laughs> but that man believed delays are not denials. Amen. And he asked her out again, and eventually she said yes, and the dating led to a marriage, and the marriage lasted until he passed away at over 100 years Old, can we give God praise? Amen. Listen, friend, you can leave here today and believe that your best days are behind you, or you can believe that God is not finished with me yet, and that I still have great days ahead of me. And there may be one moment in your life that God has waiting that can change your history forever. God is not finished with me yet. Say that with me. God is not finished with me yet. Turn to somebody and tell them, God's not finished with you yet. Go ahead. God's not finished with you yet. He's not. So that brings us to the last movement in the story That there's the silence of God, then the breaking of that silence. Then there's the silence of Zechariah, and then there's the breaking of that silence. The Bible says that, well, fast forward to the maternity ward. The baby John is born, and they go to name the baby, and they name the baby John, which means God has been gracious. And when they do, Zechariah can speak. Now, what would be the first thing you say? After nine months of being quiet, what's the first thing you would say? I know people, I just know them, and this is the first thing they would say. It would be all about them. Do you know how miserable I've been for the last nine months? (laughs) You know how hard it's been not to talk. I've had to write everything out. It has been a miserable nine months for me. But Zechariah, the first thing that comes out of his mouth. The Bible says, then Zechariah could talk again, and he began praising God. Can somebody give God praise, amen? He began praising God. And that praise had built up so much in his heart and in his mind, it spills over into a song. And I've put that song on the back of your outline from Luke chapter 1. And I just want to call your attention to one part of that song that Dr. Wayne read earlier. It goes like this. Speaking of Jesus, with the loving mercy of our God, a new day, a new day, say that with me, a new day from heaven will shine on us. It will bring light to those who live in darkness. And perhaps this weekend. There's someone here. That's the word you need to hear. That you could use a new day in your life. A new day. Because it's just gotten dark. It's just gotten dark. In your heart. Or in your home. I read about one lady who this was going to be her first year without her husband at Christmas he had passed away a few months earlier with cancer and boy her heart was heavy she was depressed very lonely and so she decided that this year she wasn't going to decorate how do you put lights on the outside when you've got no light on the inside and then one day she hears a knock at her door and there's a delivery boy there, and, and she says, what's this? And the delivery boy has a box, and he opens up the box, and inside the box, there's a little puppy, a golden retriever. And she says, who sent this? And the delivery boy said, well, ma'am, it, it's all in the letter. When you read the letter, you'll understand. And she says, I have to know, who sent this? And the delivery boy said, your husband did. Merry Christmas. And as she reads the letter, she discovers that her husband had set all this up before he passed away. That this was going to be his final Christmas gift to her. And in the letter, he wrote words of love and encouragement. And he told her how he was waiting for her in heaven. But until then... This puppy would be a companion to her. And so she set down the letter with tears in her eyes. She picks up the puppy and she looks at him. And something starts to change. She looks outside and she sees the lights of her neighbor's house and she hears the song of Joy to the World on the radio. And the darkness started to lift in her heart. Joy and wonder and love started to replace grief and loneliness. And she held the puppy close, and she said, it looks like it's just you and me, fella, but I think I know something you'd like. Downstairs, there are some decorations, there's a tree and some lights and a nativity scene. How about you and I decorate this place? Light came on in the inside, and now she was ready to light up the outside. And what God did for her, amen, God can do for you. Let's give God praise. A new day, a new dawn. Hallelujah! This is the message of Christmas bow your heads with me for just a moment as the tech team gets everything in place for Tehran's final song. I want to ask you a question. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus, but I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. There comes a moment. Every journey starts with a step, and today you want to step across the line to become a follower of Jesus. If that's the decision you're making today, I just want to agree with you. Those that are watching online, different sites around the Bay, and those right here in the building in San Jose, just lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus today. God bless you. God bless you. Right over here, today's your day. Today's your day. This is what Christmas is all about, the love of God reaching out to you in the person of Jesus. Let me pray for everyone. Father, thank you for all those who are surrendering their life to Jesus today. Thank you, God, for the message of Christmas. God, thank you that you have not forgotten us. You are the God who remembers. Thank you, God, for your word which comes to us in the person of Jesus and where hope begins to surge in our hearts. God, thank you that wherever we're at on our personal journey in life you're still not finished with us yet and that there are great days ahead and thank you God for those that are are struggling with darkness right now Lord let the light break in into their hearts into their homes in Jesus name for Jesus glory all God's people said amen Amen. let's give God (laughs) praise one more time amen (laughs) hallelujah for who he is and what he does for us, Tehran is coming to sing this amazing song.
0: Silent night.
1: Teron know how much you appreciate him blessing us this weekend. Thank you, Teron. Thank you so much, buddy.